With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ramblers, let's get rambling. Ramblers, let's get rambling. Another episode of Ramble with Russell. All intelligent rambling right here on the Talk Shoe Network. And one of the longest running single hosted pop culture podcasts in Ontario. I'm your host, Russ Hale, and welcome to the first show of 2020. Yes, it is going into my. Uh, this show is uh, hitting its third decade, because think about it, folks. We started. In 2006, that's the knots. We went all the way through the 2010s, and now we're into 2020. So, spanning three decades, this show, and hitting the 14-year mark in May. So, there's an accomplishment for you. As I said, I'm your host, Russ Hale. A terrific show lined up for you today. And as you can hear, my voice is back to normal. I got over that nasty cold I had around Christmas time. Thank Goodness gracious, and um, hopefully, knock wood, that will be it for this season. Coming up on this edition of the show, man, I got a lot to talk about, and I've been sitting on this for a while, but here we go. Going to start things off this week with the special five-part miniseries, Chernobyl on Blu-ray, courtesy of HBO Home Entertainment, and very timely considering what is going on in the world today. Then we go from the, the disaster of Chernobyl to a man who could be described as a walking disaster. And that is my 4K Blu-ray movie review of Joker, courtesy of Warner Brothers Home Entertainment, starring Joaquin Phoenix and Robert De Niro. Yes, the, the new um, movie on the Clown Prince of Climb, a, a Golden Globe winning uh, performance by Joaquin Phoenix. Then we go from that form of evil to another form of evil, <clears throat> if you will, with the latest release from the great folks at Walt Disney Home Entertainment is Disney's Maleficent, Mistress of Evil, starring, starring um, Angelina Jolie in the cast. And then we go from the world of fantasy to a galaxy far, far away for another terrific book from the great folks at DK Publishing. And this will be the Star Wars Rise of Skywalker, the Visual Dictionary, with exclusive cross-sections. Another Star Wars hardcover book for you all. That is all on this episode of Rebel with Russell. Now, to start the show, I still haven't got a winner from the, um, from the Downton Abbey giveaway, and I still want to give away copies to you folks. So that is still out there. All you need to do is to listen to that show, my last show of 2015, 
2019. Where's the time gone? Listen to that show and DM me the answer to... So direct message me the answer to that question via Twitter. And I'll get my Twitter handle at the end of the show. And you can still win yourself a copy of that particular Downton Abbey, the emotion picture on a Blu-ray courtesy of myself and Universal Home Entertainment. So it's still out there, folks. And I want to see somebody take advantage of that. So that is it for the top of the show. We're going to take a little musical interview right up with the first review of the program. My first Blu-ray TV miniseries review for this episode is Chernobyl, courtesy of Home Box Office Entertainment. Now, this is a five-part miniseries, which will probably not turn into something more. Uh, about one of the most, you know, infamous nuclear nuclear kind of power disasters in history. Now, of course, back in the day, I remember hearing about this happening and how, you know, you can visit that site, but if you don't take the proper precautions, well, you know, then you get a lot of radiation. So, so I heard about this back in the day when I was younger. But I never really heard the full story. You know, I knew that it was a major disaster and that part of the world you really shouldn't go to, but is there sort of thing. But I, I didn't really get, you know, a total idea of when it happened because I was still relatively young uh, when this occurred. So I was really interested to see this, you know, this miniseries because, you know, HBO does a great job with miniseries. This, this, this. So this five-episode series... It is the, the start of the Chernobyl episode, uh, incident right to the end. And they do a very interesting way with these five, is that it kind of starts at the end and then makes its way to where the movie starts, when it, or the miniseries starts when it ends. Very interesting time frame when we're talking that. And not a lot of shows do that, and I applaud the ones that do, because that <clears throat> just makes it for more interesting viewing. The cast of this one is pretty good. We have some really big actors in this one. Jared Harris is Valerie Lagosov in this. And uh, Stellan Skarsgård is Boris Schletzen-Bernina. Or Binya. 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 Okay, I'm probably saying that name wrong, but <clears throat> there you go. So, so, and you have Emily Watson in this as well. So it's, it's quite a big cast. And also in this cast <clears throat> is Sam Troughton, the grandson of Patrick Trout in the second Doctor Who. So that is pretty cool when it comes to that. Although his part is there, but not huge. And this job really does, and this <clears throat> miniseries really does a good job of saying how horrific radiation poisoning is. Like, man, the makeup they do in this is like Walking Dead level, really, <clears throat> when it comes to what happens to these people. Now, with a lot of HBO British stuff, even though it's set in Mother Russia, a lot of the people speak with British accents, which I always find kind of funny. It's like when you watch like Spartacus and it's ancient Rome and people are talking with British accents. So, much like Hans from the Red October, you let it go. And, and that's the way it is. But it is kind of weird to hear that. <clears throat> there is one actress in this one who plays the wife of uh, one of the firemen. Uh, that when it did, went to help, man, there are times in this show you're like, oh, woman, you stop, stop not listening. And, and she 
blatantly doesn't listen for a lot of it. So it's very dark. It's very gripping, riveting. I agree with that. And, and not for kids. And not just because of the radiation stuff. This is definitely uh, a, a series we've watched by adults. All right. It, it's, it's a little, you know, it's very adult material uh, when that comes to that. Yeah, and, and it, it, it's dark. It, this is a very dark tale. I, I like the music they use in this. It has a harshness to it, and considering the situation, it, it's well been warranted. The actress' performances, I said, are terrific in this. Uh, you know, I don't normally review a lot of historical stuff on this show. I'm mostly, you know... But but this it was just so interesting, and, it, and it's an amazing part of history really, to see it uh, dramatized. For special features, not bad for this two-disc set. You get, you know, you get the Behind the Iron Curtain. These are small little featurettes on each and every episode in this. You get uh, Meet the Key Players. You get uh, What is Chernobyl? Pivotal Moment, The Trial, and Script to Screen featurette. So you get a lot of nice little mini featurettes that kind of go over how this was made. The one thing that's really lacking, and, you know, again, it's like five parts. No commentary on any of these episodes. And that's a shame. I would love to have heard a commentary and at, the, at least a very, you know, uh, if you're not going to do all five, at least like the start and the finale, because it, it is quite, you know, int- you know, gripping, intriguing television. I think it deserved it. But sadly, that seems to be so rare these days. As always, love reading quotes. The quotes on this one are as chilling as it is essential uh, by variety. And I, I would agree with that. Lessons to be learned in this. And riveting by The Atlantic, whom I've never heard of, but I'm guessing they're near The Atlantic. Overall, it's really, you know, interesting look at history. Now, because of the graphic um, nature of the injuries and other things that happen. <clears throat> I don't think they'll be showing this in high schools anytime soon. Uh, at least not certain ages. Because there is stuff there that's like, yeah, this is an HBO series. It, it's very clear on that. Overall, I, I liked it. I mean, I, I always found it interesting to do, uh, neat when they do historical events, but they do it in a dramatized, dramatized way. To it, and and it, it's a really you know interest lesson to learn with with governments and like you know a little information goes a long way. The more you withhold, the pretty much the worst it's going to be for the most part. So that is that. Yeah, and and so it it, it is a good miniseries. I, I would recommend it. Um, it it's just the, the amount of errors that went wrong to make this happen is just. Mind-boggling in a way. And great performances by all the actors. A lot of them sh- should deserve awards for the amount of performances that they put in for this. So that is my take of Chernobyl, the five-part miniseries on Blu-ray. Courtesy of the great folks at HBO Home Entertainment. Isn't it Love. 
My first 4K Blu-ray movie review for this episode is Joker, courtesy of Warner Brothers Home Entertainment. Just a reminder that this this video was sent to me for purposes of review, and the opinion, for the review on this podcast, and the opinions expressed are are completely my own. 
All right, so let's get to Joker here. Now, I heard about this movie for months, right? I mean, this is... And I didn't get a chance to see this in the theater uh, at the time. So I'd heard about you know Joaquin's great performance and all this stuff. So I was really keen to check this out when it... Not Katie Keen Keen, but just Keen enough to check this out when it came on out of home video. Now, if you're looking for, you know, a traditional kind of supervillain you know, kind of jokery joker. This is a very different dark take on this one. In a way, I'm even surprised he put the little DC tag on it because yes, it's set in Gotham, not New York, although they may kind of look like New York. And, and yes, there are mentions of Wayne's in this movie, but it's a, it's not a typical superhero slash villain movie by any stretch of the imagination. In this movie, Joaquin Phoenix plays Arthur Fleck, who is a a struggling stand up comedian. You know that that seems to be it's like like seventies Gotham. I'm gonna say so. Arthur Fleck is he's, he's struggling stand up, which you know I can relate to these days. And and he lives with his mother, and and he just and he has a weird condition, and you almost. When you watch this, he hands somebody a card on the subway. You almost have to pause this movie to read the card to go, okay, what did you hand them? Basically, from what I can understand, he has a medical condition which makes him laugh at the weirdest, you know, weirdest times. And, and, you know, that's something that doesn't take much to push some people. And that's, so that's what he, um, yeah, that that's what you're looking at here. So 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 uh, so, Joaquin plays Arthur Fleck, so a struggling uh, stand-up comedian, who is you know just trying to make ends meet. He's living with his mom. Not not the greatest life whatsoever, and everything. And and basically by day, you know, he's just a clown. That's his way to get by. Just dressing up as a clown, and. And in not getting a lot of respect, too. And Gotham at this point is in, like, really, really bad kind of state. It's a city on the edge. And, and it you know, it's, it's, it's a city waiting for a Batman, essentially. And, it, and if it goes by that timeline, it's ways to go before that happens. So as the movie progresses, you see Arthur's life, Flex life, kind of just spiral down in the wrong way. A series of events happens to him. And and he starts going down a dark road. This very much reminds me of if the old Mike Douglas movie Falling Down. I haven't seen that movie in ages, but it's it's one of those movies, same similar premise here, where a guy gets pushed, 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 and pushed, and then he you know snaps. And and when this character snaps, who mighty he snaps in a really really big way in this movie. And, and um, as I said, the Waynes are in this. In the movie, um, Arthur's mom gets him to believe that maybe he's like a long-forgotten son of Wayne. But that notion gets squashed pretty quickly. And there are some, some kind of like Batman-ish cameos in this. So it, it's somehow trying to tie in with... Um, with the DCEU. But I don't know how much this one will. I said, Joaquin really did a good job. He put his like whole role into this one. And, and what <laughs> joke was crazy. 
<laughs> Lord mighty. It is quite the sight to see. Yeah, so you see it just flat kind of struggling and struggling, and then he embraces his character of Joker because himself really isn't working out at all. So so that's what the the the, the villain kind of so it, it, he's kind of like an anti-hero, right? Cuz he's trying to stand up for his rights. It's just you know, that's leading to that kind of situation. I'm telling you, when this guy loses it to, woo, buddy, does he ever lose it. And, and the movie does a nice job of kind of building up to the the end part of the movie. So in very much, it, it's kind of like um, an origin story uh, of some points. And some of violence is just like, oh, oh, did that just happen? Now, of course, <clears throat> a lot of people are going to compare this to the uh, the Joker before this. That was Jared Leto. That was in Suicide Squad, and and as and as from what I'm hearing, the latest that Leto may be, you know, you may hear his voice and he may and things, but and the new Harley Quinn movie coming out, but you're not going to see him on screen. So. That's that. So, as, as intensity, uh, yeah, it's right up there, I would say, with the most recent incarnations of Jared Leto, and then, of course, Heath Ledger. Just in a different way, like, like, like Joaquin's laugh he has for this is just, it's right spot on, really. And so, it, it, that that in itself, and it's, it's a really kind of dark, cautionary tale. As I said at the start, the Waynes are in this, so it does have quite the tie-in to Batman, in a way. And it doesn't surprise me that, that it got so many uh, award uh, nominations for this. So in this, you, you get quite a bit. Um, you get a few little uh, featurettes, nothing really substantial, nothing like really meat on the bone. They're all kind of short. Uh, going over just the creation of the film and Walking Phoenix and how he just did all these alternative takes and some of them are used and some of them didn't. It's interesting to see the direction they tried to go with the character and his actions in the movie. And, and, and yeah, so it really is, is a different look on that. And, and I, you know, I'm not going to, and, and, different than, say, the Jack Nicholson version. Way more sinister than Cesar Romero. So, is this the best Joker there ever is? Eh. Um, it's a good performance, but it's different. You know, it's not necessarily... The, it's not... Like, 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 he really makes this kind of his own, and it really is, a, you know, an a origin story, direct, story directed by Todd Phillips. And, and and that's what you have for that. Now, one of the things that surprises me with this show and this movie is the the um, no no audio commentary at all by a director. And this is like, you know, a lot, a lot of times you see audio commentary by um, you know lesser directors, not as famous ones, but none none for this run. That's really a shame. I'd love to hear an audio commentary with the director, maybe Joaquin Phoenix, that kind of thing. So that is a little bit on not their side. Overall, uh, yeah, I, I I give Joaquin great for just that kind of descent into madness because that's what this is. Uh, um, would it have been any better if I'd watched this on the big screen? I don't know, maybe near 
the end. But but overall, I, you know, it, it I'm not I don't regret not going. The 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 costume is great, and yeah, it's just interesting to see this kind of guy that starts as a pretty much a pathetic loser into a man that you really don't want to get on the wrong side of uh, when it comes to that. So that is my take of Joker on 4K Blu-ray, courtesy of the great folks of Warner Brothers, Home Entertainment.
4K Blu-ray movie review for this episode is Maleficent, Mistress of Evil, courtesy of the great folks at Walt Disney Home Entertainment. Now, this is the follow-up to the first Maleficent movie that was done way back in 2014. And that movie, and I've reviewed that on this show, so go back into the archives, back to around circa 2014. And I think, hopefully, I don't think that's one of the, uh, hopefully it's not one of the uh, lost episodes, may or may not be. But I originally <coughs> talked about the first movie, uh, uh, the, the first movie of this series, first one, this being the sequel. So it's not Maleficent 2, per se, but it's that. And what was interesting about the first movie is it was very much a, a different take on the whole Sleeping Beauty fairy tale. You know, that, that classic one there. And and that's what made it stand out with all the other kind of, you know, live action <laughs> remakes these days. It was a, it was a, a unique take on on the Sleeping Beauty legend, and I didn't mind it. I thought it was kind of cool. And Angelina Jolie was just great as Maleficent. She had some bone structure, all that kind of stuff worked really well. So when they announced the sequel, I thought, okay, you've done a good job, kind of, you know setting up this universe, where are we going to go from here? And this is what we get. The, the Most of the cast does return uh, for the sequel, which is kind of cool. But we got some notable kind of new characters in this one. Michelle Pfeiffer, good old Catwoman herself. A lot of Batman tie-ins this episode of the show. She plays Queen Ingrith, who is the mother of Prince Philip. Now... In the first movie, Prince Philip's character really didn't do a lot. That, that's all part of the kind of twisting a fairy tale on its side kind of part. In this one, Prince Philip is actually replaced. That's one of the few changes to this from the original cast. Everybody else is there, but Prince Philip himself gets played by a, a different actor. This time around, it's played by Harris Dickinson. Now, the reason that the um, the original actor to play, I think, was some scheduling conflicts or whatever. So you get a new one for this one. And a much, I'd say a bigger role, but he's still not the you know main focus of the story. In the, this movie, you know, some of the years have gone by, or not that long, and, and Aurora, uh, once again played by Ella Fanning, has <laughs> is decided to marry Prince Philip. And and the mother of Prince Philip, Michelle Pfeiffer, she is very anti-fairy. This is very much fairy folk versus non-fairy folk kind of movie. So, 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 so the good old Queenie there, and she's very much, it's kind of like if you took like the Wicked Queen from Snow White and you dumped her in this movie, that's kind of what you get. So, so, so throughout the movie, we, we learn that, you know, the and I don't know, I forget if they established this in the first movie. I can't remember. I didn't have a chance to watch it, just not enough time to dig out the original. I have it somewhere. But um the the much of this plot is that the 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 people of of this kingdom of, of Prince Philip's kingdom, they live right across from the Moors, and the Queen is kind of bitter in that um, you know, the the Moors have all this lush kind of forest and all this stuff and the the humans and the you know across from the water are just struggling to survive. So this sets up you know it's kind of magical versus non-magical. And also in the sequel and this is just slight spoilers not mean ones. Angelina Jolie realizes that she's not the only dark fae if you will on the world 
and she gets reduced to a bunch of other ones. And this this causes a, a big kind of battle, which is part of the end part of this of the show. And another kind of Star Wars tie-in to to this one is that Warwick Davies, who of course played Wicket uh, in the original Star Wars movies and a bunch of others, he actually plays a character in this one as well. So it's good to see Warwick Davies still, you know, <coughs> after all these years, still acting away. The story itself itself is is good. I do, you know, it's again, I meant to watch the first one to compare it, but it, it's a nice, you know, different take on fairy tales. And, and it really is a gorgeous looking movie. This is one movie, actually, I wish I could have seen in a theater because uh, when we get to the near end where it's humans versus fairies, there's some like sky battles and that would have been cool to see 3D. I kind of regret not seeing it that way because the effects and that would have been neat. So if you can get a hold of a 3D copy, go on ya. So that, that would have been uh, neat to see. This is uh, one of those movies, if you want to show off your 4K, I do it because it, it really is... Um, it really is a gorgeous-looking movie. Now, for extras on this, you get a fair bit, but I'm going to warn you folks, they, they're kind of short. You, you get, you know, extended scenes, you get outtakes. Outtakes are always funny. Uh, and then you get behind-the-scenes, there's just little featurettes on, on Aurora's wedding, or Aurora's wedding, on the... Um, on some of the VFX and how they did the rigging work and all that kind of stuff. So that's there, but no really big, long, this is how we made the movie kind of deal. So that really isn't in it. Uh, although it is nice to see in the behind the scenes, all the actors talking about their perspective roles and what they brought to it and what they want to do with this movie, that sort of thing. And there is a music video as the extras, although the act, the singer who sings this, Holy moly, is she ever auto-tuned? And I don't know if I've talked about this in the show before, but I probably have. I'm going to say it anyway, because it bears repeating. I hate auto-tune, okay? Auto-tune, and all you singers out there that use it, come at me, all right? I dare you. It's, it's a cheat, all right? I could sound really cool with auto-tune. It's an electronic enhancement. It just, it, it's cheating singing, and, and I hate it. It's it's one thing if an artist like Cher, okay, who's a legit singer, say what you will about her, who just uses it a little bit, you know, and some of her more modern stuff. But, you know, Cher has nothing to prove to nobody, and, and it's just used for effect. But all these young, up-and-coming poppy stars, that it's clearly they're using it. It's a cheat, 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 cheat. And I'd love to see them sing without the aid of uh, electronic enhancement. Uh, oh, also in this one, there is no um, um, commentary in this, which would have been cool. I would have loved to have heard Jolie do it, or the director, or even Elle Fanning. But the most part, this is a pretty safe kind of PG kind of story. You know, it's, it's yeah, it's, you know, a lot of, lot of um, killings when it comes to fair folk. But it is a it is a story in a way on just understanding and acceptance, but not you know like the the message is there, but it's not like totally shoved down your throat. And some of the creatures in this one are are really well done. So effects wise, 
this should have got something. If it, if it didn't, I, I would be surprised because it was a good uh, movie. Overall, I liked it. Uh, a worthy sequel to the first one. Will they do a third? I don't know. I was thinking about this and I'm thinking the only way they can do a third movie in this series without spoiling a lot, let's just say things get dealt with in this movie and if they were to do a third, they would it would have to be some kind of outside threat that comes in to threaten the fairies and the peoples. That kind of thing. It had to be some kind of outside third party to drive a plot of any movie. <laughs> That's what I'm going to say. Now, will it take like another five years before we see a sequel? I don't know. Uh, hard to say, but um, yeah, it kind of wraps up. Do you need to have seen the first Maleficent <coughs> to watch this one? Not really, I'm going to tell you. All you have to know, you know, going into this is that you know, Maleficent is her godmother in this one. She's not the villain, but is the villain kind of thing. And and, and her and Aurora have a really close relationship. And then that she's more like a mother to her than just some evil hag that, you know, put a curse. So there's that to it. So, <laughs> yeah, so that, that that's what I mean when it, when it comes to that. Yeah, so overall, uh, uh, you don't have to see the first one. It, it kind of helps, but just know those basic things going in. You know, Maleficent is the godmother to Be uh, to Aurora. Aurora and Philip are still a couple, but, you know. And, and, and Philip has a mother who hates fairies. And that's it. That's all you need to really know kind of going into this one. Although... And I said, the VFX are, are really well done. Now, there is one other um, extras before we get to wrapping this up. Uh, there, there are some Blu-ray exclusive extras uh, of um, when it comes to um, when it comes to this, apparently. Now, because I get these in advance, I tried to use the code, but it wouldn't work because I, I can't use it till closer to release date of the movie. So, for all y'all are out there, uh, so I, I can't really judge that content because I didn't get the digital. So, it's out there. There is some extra, like, um, extras with the digital copy. Uh, unfortunately, I can't comment that because it couldn't have access to it, but you do have that with this feature. Overall, uh, a fun movie. I If there was a third and it was well done, I, I'd see it. So we'll see where it goes. You can clearly tell that Jolie loves playing this character and likes the rigging work. So if they cast her again, I don't think she would turn it down. So that is my take of Maleficent, Mistress of Evil, on the 4K Blu-ray, courtesy of the great folks at Walt Disney Home Entertainment.
is Star Wars Rise of Skywalker the Visual Dictionary with exclusive cross-sections courtesy of the great folks at DK Publishing. Now, of course, with the Rise of Skywalker in a theater near you right now, the DK is, you know, keeping up with it and, and, and releasing yet another one of these visual dictionaries. This time, pretty much focusing on um, the uh, the uh, the three prequels or three sequels, I should say, episodes seven, eight, and nine, with enough emphasis on nine that you get some information, but not enough in this to really spoil you watching it if you haven't watched it yet. So there, you know, it doesn't give away some of the big plot turns and twists that are in the movie but it gives you a really good kind of background going into it. So say, for instance, you didn't want to go and watch No Force Awakens and you heard a lot of things about Last Jedi and you go, yeah, I don't know. Um, then you could probably read this and and get me all caught up with it. Now, it's a 200-page book, and, and what I like about these ones is you you get the, the amount of facts and information is crazy. 
on this release. Like you find out that originally the 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 X wings and the A wings and the Y wings, the reason why they originally were supposed to be blue. And I guess back in the day, if you know anything about you know blue screen, you cannot have anything blue with a blue screen, otherwise it causes problems. So that's why a lot of them were red or yellow because that didn't mess with the blue screen. So I guess TV uh, technology is advanced beyond that. They don't have to worry about it anymore. So that's why you see fighters in the movie that are blue. Now, one of the cool things about these visual dictionaries, and there's a lot in this one, is you get cross-sections. Now, cross-sections are if they take like a ship or a building, and then they like it's like you have x-ray vision, and you click into the inner working parts, and a lot of the little pieces that you may not have missed that you are, you may have missed the first time around when you watch the movie because you know, nobody watches the movie with x-ray vision. So that is kind of cool. I love the way they do those. And that's, you know, so much information when it comes to that, the, some of the, some of the pictures in this are absolutely gorgeous. Now, for those of you who are going like, wait a minute, will this contain kind of spoilery stuff? Rise of Skywalker. Yes and no. It, it does give away, you know, some elements of the movie. Does it give away some of the major kind of plot twists in it? Nah, not too bad. There there are some, but you know, this movie's been out for a few weeks now. And if if some of this is kind of like what the what to you, then you know. <laughs> if you're surprised by some of this, then you've been living under a rock. If you want to be totally not surprised, go ahead, watch, you know, the Rise of Skywalker before, and then watch this. It does, though, provide a lot of background information that you're like, oh, okay, this maybe explains this. And what they do as well is, you know, there's always characters in a movie you see, and like you, you briefly see them, and then you go, okay, there's the character, and you're like, well, that's cute, and 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 you see that, and you're going, well, what's the backstory in that one? Well, we don't have time to tell you the backstory in that one, so we, you know, you get a lot of that. Now, what's interesting is when I saw Rise of Skywalker, there was an actor in this. And I'm thinking, like, dang, buddy, I've seen you before, because it did. And it was uh, one of the characters that uh, that is an actor, Donick Monahan, who J.J. has used quite a bit uh, in his stuff. Of course, he was Charlie in Lost, but J.J. has gone on to use him another thing, uh, the character of Beaumont Kin. Now, in the movie, they just don't have time to tell the story, but in this book, you get like all this background stuff about this character. You're thinking, like, wow, there's like way more to him then the movie even had time to talk about. And there's a bunch of others, too, that you you see on screen for, like, a few seconds, but then you get a huge write-up in here, a lot of the weapons and the... Um, all kinds of stuff. So so that is that. You also get uh, some pages of behind-the-scenes uh, with this, where they go over different aspects of the movie, which is probably something you should watch for you first. So you have character design, creatures and droids, 
just on the set, like set pieces, vehicles, and they're kind of new vehicles. Um, so that's with there. Uh, and that's it. The amount of pictures and photographs is amazing. Some of these like two page kind of layout pictures are really gorgeous looking. And it's, it's nice in a photo book sort of way. Now this, and, and I, just, I just like the amount of detail and they go, okay, well, here's the story so far. And and what and it was, <laughs> I find another note is they put a timeline in here, right? Uh, and and everything is rated either before the Star Killer incident or after Star Killer incident in time levels, which is kind of funny because before Disney got a hold of Star Wars and all the novels, there was the timeline was before the Battle of Yavin and after the Battle of Yavin. And that was the kind of time frame that they used. You look at the older Legends books, you're going to see that. So this time, because that a lot of that EU, uh, all those novels has been erased in a longer canon, we're now going with Starkiller as the time frame. So interesting how things have changed. So instead of after ABY or BBYN, it's either now BSI or ASI, either before Starkiller Incident or after Starkiller Incident. So the marker now has been changed, which I find rather interesting. Well, if you're a um, if you're a Star Wars fan and you want to get to know more and more uh, about you know the movie and the little set pieces and weapons and all these little tertiary characters who are barely on screen, but they have all this history and backstory of them that you never hear about in the movie. Then it's definitely worth checking out. A good addition to your other visual dictionaries that they have re released before. I believe there was one. There's been one for each of the movies, and uh, worth. Check it out. You get your dollar's worth when it comes to this. So that is my take of Star Wars Rise, or, or Rise of Skywalker, the visual dictionary, courtesy of the great folks with exclusive cross-sections, courtesy of the great folks at DK Public. things up for this episode hope you all enjoyed it as always you can touch me the number of ways you can always check me out on twitter i'm at rambling russ at r-a-m-b-l-i-n-g-r-u-s-s tweet me i'll tweet you back i appreciate all likes and favorites on twitter and if you want to win any contests that i run you gotta you know add me as a following and dm me with the information i ask for the contest that is your way to win and i love giving things away on this show you can catch all new episodes right here in the Talk Show Network. I'm show 18411. That's my caller ID. Feel free to check out all the older episodes and put any comments in the comment section. I encourage you to do that. Love hearing feedback from my listeners. As well, you can check out all the older episodes. They're still up on Livson. That's HTTP, HTTP, full colon, backslash, backslash, rambling Russ, R A M B L I N G R U S S. Dot Livson, that's dot L-I-P-S-Y. And it's in November.com. That's my original home in internet where I, you can go back from 2006, right up in 2013, and then I moved to TalkShoe on a regular basis here. <laughs> of course, you can also check out older episodes in iTunes under podcasts. Just type in Rambled Russell there. You can also catch newer episodes 
uh, when they get uploaded. They're also appearing on Spotify and Google Play and many other podcast directories across the world wide webs. Wherever you're listening to me, thank you for doing so. And one of the things I wanted to mention before we wrap up the show, and I tell you what's coming up in future programs, DK Publishing is running a, a contest, if you will. They want to hear from all of us, you know, blogger, podcasters, and they want us to name our favorite DK books of all time. Now that's a heavy task. Ladies and gentlemen, I get so many great books to talk about on this show from great folks at DK. I can't just pick one. That's way too hard. So I said to them, I said, you know, one is just all time. That's just hard to do. So uh, here's my compromise. Coming up very soon, uh, we're going to have, it, it is the I Love DK event. So I'm not just going to pick one 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 book because that's what you know that's limiting myself considerably and there's just too many for me to say oh you know this is the one that it needs to be because you know i just can't do that so so i'm gonna pick a bunch of them and and uh with the new year and but i'm i'm gonna do this but i want you guys my audience to uh, to uh, post along for this, and 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 people who and um, and the, the, thus bloggers participate, we can win ourselves a considerable amount of money to do some DK book shopping, so, which is really cool. So I'm you know I, I don't do often little things like this, but I want to do this because you know uh, it's a really cool thing to do. So, um, so uh, this is coming up. So what I want you guys to do, all right, is, is this is coming up for February. So I want you guys to keep in mind and, and you can participate as well. All right. So, so I'm going to put up this. And once I put these up in February, I want you to retweet this stuff to, to as much as you can, because the more you do it, the more you give yours truly a chance to win this thing. So it's really cool. So I want you to retweet it and add to it your favorite DK books. I want you to share this with me in the month of February, because we're coming up to this, and I think it's a really cool thing to talk about. So look for that uh, coming up next month. I'm going to I'm gonna crack my skull together and I'm going to give it a really hard thought on what I consider some of my favorite DK books of all time. I got some ideas. I got some type of books I really enjoy. But more on that in an upcoming show. I just thought I'd tease that a little. What else is coming in an upcoming show? Oh, I have so much to talk about. I have so many cool stuff. And there's only one of us. But I will try my best to get through it all. We've got, we've got over the hump of the holidays into 2020, another decade. <laughs> Crazy. And uh, a lot to talk about with that. <laughs> so uh, coming up on future episodes of the show, still making my way through and, and hopefully I will get some time to do it. The, um, the run of breaking bad on Blu-ray that sent to me uh, from Sony home entertainment. It's a really cool show. And I, I'm going to, Try to get through that and give you my take on that very long-run series. And also from Warner Brothers Home Entertainment, the movie The Goldfinch. That looks interesting. As well, coming up in future episodes uh, from Paramount Home Entertainment, I have the Beverly Hills Cop movie three, three movie collection, which is super cool on Blu-ray. 
this was one of those movies I bought on DVD like ages ago. It's one of the first kind of movie collections I bought, and now it's been re-released on Blu-ray because, believe it or not, there is a Beverly Hills Cop 4 in production uh, very soon because, heck, they can bring back bad boys. So that's probably why that's being released as well from Paramount, the movie Gemini Man with Will Smith. So those are an upcoming... Uh, Episodes as well, also from Warner Brothers, uh, Krypton, of uh, both the uh, complete and first and last season of that show. Chrissy Warner Brothers Home Entertainment. So that is coming up as well. I'm going to give you a little more in depth reviews uh, from the Doctor Who releases I talked about in the Holiday Gift Guide of the John Pertwee Season 4 and Colin Baker, the complete Season 2 on Blu ray. I've had a chance to look through them a little bit more and go through some of the extras. So I'm going to give you a more, you know, complete review of that in an upcoming episode because I just didn't have time to go through them properly uh, back then. And I want and they deserve more of a detailed release then. And and I hadn't watched Trial of a Time Lord in, like in forever. And so I wanted to give that a proper viewing. So that's an all upcoming episodes of this very show. We've got more also coming up in the future. Uh, Terminator Dark Fate is coming out soon. And there are a few other movie releases, you know, kind of coming up in the pike that I want to talk about on this program. Also, also as well, hopefully getting a copy of... Um, of um, Zombieland Double Tap. So, well, there's a lot of movies coming up we're going to talk about in the near future. And and still, hopefully, sometime soon, we'll get through uh, Star Trek Discovery Season 2 on Blu-ray. That is all coming up in a future episode of this podcast. That is it for me, and we'll catch you next time right here on Ramble with Russell. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.